You're listening to the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey, a leading multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. Listen on the Odyssey app. Hello and welcome to the Marketing Futures Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. We're back with part two of our epic clash of titans, CMO versus GPT, featuring GFK's Gonzalo Garcia Villanueva and Hubble's Margaret Adi. On part one, we discussed how Ruby was briefed before squaring off with Gonzalo and learned about the various AI systems that came together to make this debate a reality. But get ready, because today we hear from Ruby herself, Gonzalo, Margaret, and I reviewed snippets of the showdown and gave our thoughts on Ruby's ability to hang with a real, live CMO. Also, we asked the age-old question, is a pigeon smarter than artificial intelligence? All right. So if it's cool with you guys, I would love to do a little play-by-play on the the clash of titans that was Gonzalo versus Ruby. Is it cool if I play just a little clip from one of Ruby's answers? This one's on brand purpose. And we just kind of chat like what what we kind of uh, glean from it. Probably going to be embarrassing to hear myself. <laughs> well, this is this one's just Ruby, but maybe we'll we'll play a, a Oh, that's thing. great. She has a beautiful yeah. voice. Well, if it embarrasses <laughs> you, I'll find something to play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Here we go. Consumers today are more likely to choose brands that align with their values and beliefs. Hence, I would allocate a significant portion of the marketing budget to reinforcing our brand purpose and communicating it effectively to the target audience. To adjust our marketing plans based on the importance of brand purpose, I would take the following tactics. 1. Conduct research to better understand our target audience and what they value in a brand. 2. Develop a clear and concise brand purpose statement and integrate it into all marketing materials. 3. Create content that demonstrates our commitment to our brand purpose and highlights the positive impact we have on society and the environment. 4. Partner with organizations and influencers that share our brand purpose to reach a wider audience. So that is a very good answer, very good, a very comprehensive answer from Ruby. The one thing that was very was kind of interesting to me was that it answered the question in the first seven words and then gave something because the specific question that Margaret asked was, should brand purpose be important to marketers, especially marketing leaders? It was, it was around the importance of brand purpose uh, in the marketer's toolkit. And Gonzalo, your answer, which I will spare you from right now, but you gave a lot of real world data evidence why it was very important and kind of made the case for it. Whereas Ruby kind of cleared off that on the first thing and then gave you a, here are some steps to take. What did you feel about that answer? I know this is a tiny spoiler, but Ruby got the point because she kind of played teacher's pet and added a bunch of stuff that she wasn't specifically asked. But what did you take from that like answer and how Ruby's Ruby's approach to it? Well, you know, you already said it, right? It was a great answer, and I totally agree with that. Um, I was very impressed. I mean, ChatGPT in general is pretty good at, you know, building point plans, right? And and you, you see that in if you use ChatGPT, and you'll see it if you watch the video. But the answer, even before he starts talking about a five-step plan or whatever it was, it was it was it was bang on. It, it even talks about shifting budget from one area to another. So. I guess spoiler alert, not only she got the point, but we were both in, you know, violent agreement. Um, 
you're, you're right. At the end of the day, us as humans, especially as with time, you, you, you become more focused on a particular profession. You start to get your own sources of data, right? And some of the data is not public. Therefore, obviously, yeah, I will use that in my, in my world. We work with a lot of clients to help them invest in purpose. Therefore, we have real examples of who does it really well, you know, in some of our tech and durable clients and other industries. So, yes, we come with like the, the real experience of, you know, how to do it. And also the data on how to prove it. Like, you know, you hear it out there. Investing in general in building brand is, is something that pays not only in the long term. Now we are showing that also in the short term because strongest mm-hmm. brands did better during COVID. But then in specifically on brand purpose, it's become a priority also for buyers, right? So um, I think my other thought in terms of Ruby's answer was that that does work when you start from the get-go. If you're a company, you know, that you're 20 years old or 50 years old or 200 years old, then coming up with a purpose, as she says in her plan, is not that simple. You know, mm-hmm. your company right. has already some attributes. So you you cannot just brainwash things by, you know, writing a beautiful brand purpose and what are the specific areas that you care about, you know, whether it's sustainability or treating your people better and so on and so forth. You really need to look at the real proof points. Is your company and your leadership and your individual contributors actually behaving like that? And again, that requires a human. Yeah. And, the, and we have consultants that literally do this for a living. So it was it was very impressive to see the answer. It's very specific to a scenario and a plan that actually would work for most marketeers. If you're a junior marketeer, for example, I will take that any day as a mm-hmm. really good answer. I think that's the benefit of not me as a CMO, but any CMO or someone that is specialized on that. You, you give the color, the person expertise, you know, experience, your client's experience, your own data. That makes a massive difference. Yeah. And, and another thing, and we can move on to another clip, but one thing that really this video helped me uh, really understand understand was that ChatGPT is trying to give you the quote unquote best answer. And almost always it's going to use consensus among all its ocean of data to give you the most that the best answer. It can only predict based on patterns. And so it was, and this might be just working for 10 years, uh, telling marketers stories and going through case studies and, and just filtering an ocean of data through my little head, but it felt pretty step one. It felt pretty basic if you're in the market and it strays from that human want to challenge or disrupt or bring something new to it. So I think that's something that everybody needs to understand is that you need to really prompt it and work with it well if it's going to surprise you. You know what I mean? You have to design that surprise really well. I mean, it can surprise you in other ways, but as far as giving you like something incredibly breakthrough, incredibly insightful, that's not what it's, it's there for. It's there to give you the findings and the most right, the most reinforced information that it could find out there on this topic. I totally agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I take it almost though, and, and again, this is where humans and AI can work together, but I take it as a bit of foundational information. You can you can listen to it and then you can go back and look at each of those tactics, sit there and think of really creative, innovative ways to implement them in, in much more depth at your company, which mm-hmm. I which I think is quite cool especially for somebody who's a bit more junior, who would have had to do research to try and just figure out her answer, you know? Yeah. 
that can be done now quickly and leave so much more time for that creative element that humans can bring to the party. I'm glad you brought that up because ChatGPT has now become my first step in any kind of ideation. If I wonder anything, I just ask ChatGPT first and then work with that and kind of develop it. The Certified ANA Marketing Professional or CAMP program is a rigorous 35-hour online certification program developed specifically with the ANA marketer in mind. Covering the entire marketing process from brand strategy and activation to marketing implementation across digital and analytic platforms, CAMP represents the full spectrum of the marketing universe. To begin your certification, go to ANA.net slash CAMP future. Uh, let's keep moving along. So this was when Ruby was asked if it was smarter than a bird. Ruby, what do you have to say? As an AI language model, I do not have emotions or intelligence in the traditional sense. However, I have been trained on a diverse range of information and can generate answers to a large number of questions, which pigeons are not capable of doing. <laughs> so Ruby, one thing Ruby knows how to do is equivocate. That was, it's a very interesting when asked question like this, that Ruby kind of skirted around the answer and like kind of gave you what, what did that kind of, what was the reaction to that answer? Cause it was a great question. Obviously, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, we were trying to make sure that this was both worth the insight of a business piece of content in video uh, at the same time that it was educational in terms of like what ChatGPT can do and then make it fun, right? So this was one of those fun areas and Margaret and the team were talking about comparing like potentially animals and AI and so on and so forth. And that's when I mentioned a particular article about pigeons. So I was like, why don't you ask about birds? And then it's when I, I, I was cheeky enough to say like, absolutely, birds are smarter. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was based on some random article based on, you know, University of Iowa that was talking about, you know, the things that pigeons can do that AI can't, which that's was hilarious. So funny. I got told off by Margaret anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think, to be honest, this answer shows certain areas where AI falls flat um, because it, it can't give a true opinion and humans obviously can. So Gonzalo thinks birds are really smart and, and <laughs> we can't answer the question. Um, I mean, I think AI can score great scores, um, chat GPT, scored, I think, in like the 90th percentile um, in, in a U.S. bar exam. So can can act as a lawyer, but cannot give two opinions about, <laughs> about certain things. So that's where humans are then required to step in and be bold in their statements, as Gonzalo was. So Gonzalo, Margaret, if people are really uh, as excited as I am about all this, and they should be, uh, how can they learn more about GFK and Hubble, respectively? Well, obviously, as a good marketeer that I am, I tell people to come either to our website or social channels. You know, I have a marketing team that you know has a, a beautiful communication strategy, and really, you know, all the key messages. If someone wants to understand what we stand for, what is our our purpose as our employees, we call them the shapers of tomorrow. And what is the what is the amazing technology we deliver through our product team, you know, for our clients. You know, we have really cutting edge technology for you know some of the top tech 
companies that you can imagine in the world. We also do some really fun work on like brand tracking. Um, some of the biggest companies you can think of measure how their brands are performing, you know, using our methodology and our consultants and so on and so forth. So, you know, as much as I've always loved marketing, I guess the unique thing of my current job is that we work a lot with clients that are marketeers, like CMOs, brand directors as well, um, plus, you know, sales directors and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think our, our website, Good Stop, uh, we are very active also on the social channels. And obviously, we also do run a number of our own proprietary events and third-party events in the key countries around the globe because we operate in, you know, 60, 70 key countries. Um, uh, but yeah, I will start with gfk.com. Yeah, so just very quickly, if if people haven't heard of Hubble, um, we are a digital marketing agency that that works with clients, big, small, emerging, um, and and run a variety of different projects. So from creative to development to um, implementing new cool stuff on websites. So definitely check us out. Um, I guess I would send you to hubbledigital.com or you can find me on LinkedIn and I will talk your ear off about the company. Fantastic. All right. Uh, these questions we ask to all of our guests. Uh, this one is open by design. What are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? So I think, you know, this has been, you know, going around for quite a few years now, diversity and inclusion, the importance of it and so on and so forth. I happen to be personally a massive believer on that just because of the way I've you know normally crafted you know my teams more recently but also as an individual contributor you know when I was in my 20s is, is what you believe that you need in an environment but the, let's face it like even to the most cynical person like there's so many studies out there that just companies that actually embrace not only diversity but that that diverse workforce is inclusive at all the levels of the organization, leadership, and so on, performs better. So there's no excuse. Um, for me, you know, I'll keep it short. It's, it's, not, it's not brand washing. It's something that you must do. If you have a team of people that are all the same, they're all chatty, chatty, you know, high achievers and so on, you'll fail. If you have only analy analytical people, you will fail. If you have a mix of those um, you know, then you will have a much better chance of navigating challenges or embracing opportunity faster than the others. That's exactly what it does when you have a diverse and inclusive, you know, workforce. And that's not just women and men. It's old and young. It's races. It's, you, you name it. So I'm very passionate. I could speak for hours, but, you know, that, that will be my, my two-minute answer. This is a very broad question. And if I answer quickly, it's basically... Two thumbs up, yes, very, very important. Um, to expand on the answer a tiny bit though, I think it's it's really crucial for businesses and for society as a whole to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion. Completely agree with Gonzalo's points that it's not just men and women or um, certain races or something like that. It's It's embracing everyone as a whole. Specifically for business, I think, Companies that truly embrace this are more efficient. They come up with more creative ideas to problem solving and just are all around better to work for and work with. I think having a mix of people who are open and can be honest with each other also brings a lot more of kind of a 
a healthy debate if there are challenges and really the best solutions. 1,000%, 1,000%, extremely well said. All right, the questions have been easy so far. Now we're getting into the tough territory. Gonzalo, what is your favorite album of all time and why? Oh gosh, you should ask Ruby that question, not me. <laughs> I did. I asked ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Zero thumbs say, down. Yeah, completely. I wrote so many different briefs for that. That and Ruby could not give yeah. an answer. <laughs> I was I was discussing with with Margaret, knowing that this question was coming. I have to say, I've done tons of interviews in my life. I think this is the toughest question I've ever had. You're not the first person to tell I, me that. It, uh, you need to understand, I, I was a DJ since I was 16 years old until my mid-20s. I play a piano, so I like every kind of music, and I'm very passionate about it. So I, I grew up with a I beat. knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up and learned English with the Beatles, you know, then Queen. I could say Dangerous of Michael Jackson, who I saw in concert live before he passed. Um, Sabina, a Spanish, you know, singer, composer. I, I could say so many of them, and I had to think about it. So I'm going to go with something a bit more recent. Um, still, it was a bit of a shocker for me in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. But ten years ago, Daft Punk released Random Access Memories. Yes. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that one, yes, it's going to be probably more relevant for some of the people that are younger than me here in the cult. So hopefully, more people knows about them. But also, I, I remember being in my you know mid 30s, and I was so shocked by the quality it's one of those really rounded albums mm -hmm. it has super famous songs like get lucky which is you know just became commercial because of how good it is but it also has these jewels masterpieces like um you know georgia uh, by motor there and and many others i will encourage everybody to to listen to it it is it is a very different style to the beatles is you know more techno house music but it is definitely a joy to listen and i could listen it 200 times are you ready for the question of all time <laughs> it's so funny we've had physicists come on and, and talk about how that relates to a good modern marketing plan and almost to a one this is the one that fells every guest so you are an extremely good company but we're gonna need an answer mean um so so if I'm completely honest with you, a lot of a lot of the answers up until now, I've had pretty strongly in my head. And this one I have spent so much time thinking about because I listen to a lot of music. I listen to music at work. I listen to it when I'm cooking. I listen to it when I'm exercising. And depending on the activity that I'm doing, I listen to a variety of different types of music. So I've 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 cheated a tiny bit. I've I've come down to two albums. I hope that's okay. Um the first one has a bit of sentimental value. So I grew up with a lot of punk music playing in my home, in my parents' home, I suppose at, at that time as as a kid, um, thanks to my dad. So he will probably be disappointed if he hears this because he would definitely choose something from the Sex Pistols. Mm. But I'm going with Rocket to Russia by the Ramones because it just takes me back to a younger time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I feel like every song on that album is very, very good. 
Now, oh, yeah, it's a lot the, of fun. Totally. Now, the the other one that I also just couldn't get out of my head, and again, it's it's for the pure fact that every single song on it is good. It's not, you know, two of the 15 songs are ones that I can listen to over and over again. But I also loved The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Taking you back. <laughs> I'm going to let, I'm going to, usually I'd, I'd make uh, you choose one or the other, but those two selections are so good, I'm going to let you, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, and now, last but not least, let's bring it up to the present. What are you listening to now, whether it's artist, song, podcast, book? What's got you excited these days? Um, funny, you're going you're gonna to laugh at this, but lately I'm listening much more than I'd like, and I love Aretha Franklin to Aretha Franklin, but mm-hmm. it's because both of my daughters, but especially the little one, is completely nuts about it. I love like, that. you know, it, it's so, so cool. Um, but when it comes to myself being a bit more, uh, you know, selfish, um, I, I do a lot of, you know, running and I tend to run with a list and, you know, weekend is coming a, a lot in my Spotify lists. Um, and, you know, in terms of reading, I, I just got a book, you know, a present from a friend called Two Hours, which is basically all about trying to break two hours, um, you know, as in what Kipchoge has done mm-hmm. outside of a race and is trying to do within race environments. I'm a marathon runner, so I, I'm very passionate about it. So that's my, my next book uh, right by my table. So I'm a little embarrassed to admit um, I... <laughs> don't get that much spare time to read. So I do listen to books on tape. And there is one book that I read a while ago. Well, I read years ago. um, And I've since been listening to it on tape. It's one that generally just gets me extremely excited and reinvigorated at work. Um, And it's called Creativity Inc., which is showing some of the inner workings of Pixar. And oh, wow. one of my favorite parts about that book is the entire idea that candor is king. And so if I think about candor and I think about the, the previous diversity and inclusion question, I also think that that plays into a nice role. So it's up to us to be very straightforward with each other. And that helps everybody to understand each other better. Um, in the book, it also talks about how much it helps with the creativity process. So um, so the author explains that in the beginning, all Pixar movies suck. And that's a direct quote. Um, <laughs> um, he, he mentions that it's, it's a very blunt assessment of everything. But if it wasn't blunt and if it wasn't candid, it wouldn't push the creative team to kind of go back and create the amazing movies that Pixar creates. So I love that. I I embrace it within my team. I don't know. It can be a bit polarizing or come across very direct. <laughs> but I, I think, again, this book makes a fantastic point of how that helps with creativity and how it helps for teams to actually get better at working together. Yeah, I honestly couldn't agree with you more. It is crucial to real innovation. True innovation, politeness and true innovation have never been in the same room with one another. Like, no, I really don't no. think so. Well, and I mean, the book also makes the point that that teams need to be very good at also embracing new things. So an idea could seem a bit strange um, 
when it first comes out if it's not something that a company has maybe done before. But it doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad idea. It could just be something innovative and um, and and companies should be testing those new ideas. Finally, I, I have one other thing that I'm listening to right now. Please. And my... <laughs> My colleague will will probably not like me for for saying this, and it it completely negates my other my other music playlist. But she has made a wonderful pump up set of tunes on Spotify called "What Would Beyonce Do." So <laughs> I love that. Yep. So Fatma and my team is a musical genius, and. I am bouncing around my place to that every evening when I'm cooking dinner. Brilliant. I love it. I love it so much. Margaret, thank you so, so much. This has been such a fun and illuminating conversation. It's been an honor to have you as a guest on the Marketing Futures Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Futures Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next week when my guests are Leslie Miller of Unilever and Smith Aretti of Edelman. We're discussing a sensitive topic, the discontinuation of the legendary Choco Taco. Remember to bring your tissues because it's, it's going to get emotional. The Marketing Futures Podcast airs Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the pod? Shoot us a note at marketingfuturesana.net. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, get everything you need to prepare for the future of marketing at ana.net slash futures. This has been a presentation of the ANA Podcast Network, powered by Odyssey.